Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, let's go, let's go. What does it say right there? Loading more? I was just uh, recording a script. Welcome back to another episode of the Headless Horseman Podcast, where we get a little headless, a little reckless, but we bring it in at the end of the day. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Optimus Coctivus, joined today with... And I'm your daddy, boy. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) It's your boy Seymour Butts, man. Yeah, and welcome to the stables. Welcome in, get cozy, do what you gotta do, kick back, relax. If you're driving, pull over that car before you swerve and crash from this absolute heat we about to drop today. Um, But I hope you guys are doing well. Um, January went by fast, so I hope you guys, your guys' goals are going, going by just as fast. Um, welcome in February. Hope everything's going well. Hope your families are doing well. And also, we just want to give you guys an update. We did get 100 plus plays on Spotify. So we're up to like 103, 105 right now. So thank you guys for all the love and support. We have six uh, podcast followers, or Spotify followers right now. Let's go ahead and try to get that boomed up to 10 before the end of March. Um, as well as we're still stuck at 14 subscribers on YouTube. So let's go ahead and get that up to 15 so we can go ahead and celebrate that. So, but thank you guys once again for all the support, all the love. We really do appreciate it. Um, we're going to just keep continuing to grow an audience that's authentic, that's centered around the stuff that we want to put out. So you guys feel that you guys are still welcomed in this space. None of that cringeworthy shit around here, man. Yeah. So thank you guys. We don't mind growing low and slow, but you know, giving out the word and sharing our podcast <laughs> would mean a lot to us. Getting so, out the word. Yeah. Getting out <laughs> the word, you know, so you can uh, help us. <laughs> you always say the gospel. <laughs> So we can grow more and get more people like you in this space. So if you guys like what you're hearing, make sure you guys like, share, subscribe on YouTube, as well as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys engage and share our stuff. So we'll go ahead and get into today's episode. But uh, how you been, uh, Mr. Butts? Uh, Dude, I've been I've been feeling magnificent, especially because I'm cheese, dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Tell, tell us, yeah, tell us about the Chiefs, big dog, and what they got well, planned. We dealt with all you Baltimore dummies, stupid, a chugin and a nugin. You know what I'm saying? All you jits and dummies, stupid. Ain't that, ain't that what you guys be saying? What up, dummy? You guys are looking real fucking stupid out that stadium after you guys lost to the Chiefs, huh? Yeah, with your governor taking <laughs> shotguns with you crazy i've been like governor get your ass yeah, in there and make some regulations i'm like governor uh with all due respect shit's been real fucked up since elijah <laughs> cummings has died yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gonna do something about be more stupid <laughs> but yeah man and then they were sitting there saying oh no the ravens defense is the most legit defense y'all have played it's like okay we gonna see right 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 we still won and I think Pacheco was, man, he was doing his thing running the ball. Yeah. I think some of it, too, was um, Baltimore did not seem to want to be a run. Like, they ran away from their identity. Yep. No, pun intended. They should have been running the ball more. I was very disappointed in how Baltimore wanted to approach that. It's like, stop forcing Lamar to make throws when obviously you have a run game that's untapped potential. Yep. You got all your great tight. You got, like, your two, three tight end rotation. It's like, run edge to edge. You know, get out there. Get out. Let your centers and guards pull and rip. They've been waiting for this moment their whole life. And then you want to cuck them by the ball. Yeah, bro. And say, no, nah, we're going to drop back, kick back, kick back. It's like, nah, dude, you got to let them get downhill and run a little bit. You know what I mean? So you can open up those passing lanes. Because a lot of those passing lanes, the throws that Lamar Jackson wanted to make, they weren't there because of offensive play calling. No ability to set up. You're talking about you're struggling in the red zone and you want to just keep passing the ball. Run the ball. 
Make them actually use different diamond nickel sets when they actually have to come into goal line situations. So they actually have to respect the fact that if they go too heavy, they have to deal with something else. And I get it. You know, as yeah, Baltimore, dude. as Baltimore, you wanted to prove a point that Lamar can throw. Lamar is quarterbacky enough. Who gives a damn about those people and their stupid opinions, dog? I'm serious. Well, let's be honest here. First of all, first of all, first of all, right? It doesn't matter if Lamar is not quarterbacky enough. At the end of the day, <laughs> a win is a win. I think instead of I think if you were to ask Lamar Jackson, would you rather prove right. the fact that you won a Super Bowl versus being quarterbacky enough? He would take the Super Bowl. And as offensive coordinator, all the team around it, I get it. You got a franchise quarterback and you want to stick with them, but stick with your identity. He is just one piece in the puzzle. Yes, a major piece as the quarterback, but he's still just one piece in the puzzle. You got to get downhill with your offensive line and let them do what they need to do so you can open up the passing lanes. That way he can see what he's looking for. That's why Kansas City is so good as a team and gives uh, Patrick Mahomes the throws he's looking for because of the fact that they can run the ball. They run the ball well. They nope. always, they've always had good running backs that Patrick Mahomes, when in doubt, can run the ball to set something up, and Andy Reid says, okay, for a second and three, we can go after the sticks aggressively. You know? Oh, that red thing turned off. Oh, dude. What? Oh, am I out of space? Dude. Fuck. Oh, pause it, pause it, pause it. I'm Super in frame boring. right now. I'm still in frame right now. I should still be in frame. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're in there. Oh, uh, welcome back, guys. Sorry. I uh, thought I had more space on the SD. But like I was saying, yeah, you run away from your identity as a run team. I'm not surprised that you lose the game like that. And, you know, Lamar Jackson shouldn't have to, I guess, hold on to as much of that slander as the offensive coordinator has to because it's like, what are you guys doing? What are you cooking up coming into this week to where you think you need to go ahead and abandon the run game? You know, yeah. most first and tens when I'm coming out on the other side of that 50, our own 50, I'm running the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm running the ball east, west, north, south. I'm doing all of it. I mean, I think even with the whole quarterbacky whole thing, I think you should. That would have been the perfect time <laughs> to run read options for Lamar Jackson. Actually, pull out some Nevada, some pistol sets to actually open up lanes, pull centers, pull tackles on some quick options, so that you can actually get what you're looking for. Yeah, right. I mean, I, the Chiefs were the Chiefs because it's like you give them different, you give them different looks. And run it out of it, you're gonna give them fits. But if they're lined up, we're gonna we got the defense now where we can blow that shit up, you know? Yeah. And the thing was is like Chris Jones, I'm not surprised he did well in the pass rush, but it's like force these defensive line to actually have to get east and west. Yep. The only team that I've seen so far from watching film that does a great job of getting east and west as a defensive line is the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, 49ers do a great job with that front six seven that can run left to right. But if you ask me about the Chiefs. It's like they're they're still they're still in that Warriors dynasty where they depend more on the offense to win games than their defense can actually to win them games. So, I mean, if I'm Sam Fran, you know, hopefully, uh, what's his face doesn't overdo it, but I'm running the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm running the ball like that has to be a big part of our identity. Yep. So, um, and I you know, know people sitting there. Well, it's hard to run from behind, but they only lost by seven. Exactly. So <laughs> it's not like it was that year when they were playing the Titans. You know, just got mobbed. Yeah. So th- that's my my biggest gripe was that I wanted Baltimore to be more in their identity to say this is how we win games, beat it. Yep. You know, I think this has also been a big problem with this new shift with the NFL, with all these guys coming up with all these schemes and everything, right. is that they lose identity when it, when the opportunity matters the most. When the person you look for showed up, 
Yeah, bro. Literally. You know, you know what I mean? Like you, you we seen what you did when the person you look for showed up. You ran away. And it's like Yeah, I feel like they really ran away from like wanting to show Lamar's strength in the limelight. Exactly. They wanted him to be in some different Yeah, position. they 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 put him on a pedestal and it's like he's a big piece of the 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 puzzle, but he's not the only piece. Yeah. And you know, I, I think if you wanted to get those receivers the looks that they needed and everything, you should have did a better job of actually opening up the run game so that things can get done because I'm where was the guard pools where were the tackle pools where were the like they had a lot going on man. where were the stunts I mean you got big fullbacks and stuff if I'm doing fullback read options down the middle triple options pulling guards and tackles pulling down then putting a tight end out into the flat to maybe do or 10 yard out so you have to respect the fact that Lamar can throw on a little read option or maybe a read option down the middle, but he pulls up at the last second and throws something on the seam for the tight end on the side of the cover two. So when you're seeing a cover six scheme, so it's, it's just things like that I wish they would have liked to see. And like I said. Yeah, but the Chiefs don't run a cover two like that. We run cover zero. <laughs> Not, we, could run, we run cover zero. Well, no, much. I'm just saying, like, for example, oh. if you had a cover six set, the cover two on the backside, it's like you can just run something oh. like that. So your elbow itching. Yeah, that's what the Ravens so. did to us, though. When yeah. they would man up the backside and Mahomes mm-hmm. picked on it and ran. Mm-hmm. When he ran, scrambled back around there. And that's the thing. You know Spagnola <laughs> wants to blitz, so use that against it. It's like yeah, bro. you can literally run into blitzes and make like five-yard gains. You know what I mean? The slants, the stunts, you can do things. Especially I mean, when it become predictable. Exactly. And the thing is, it's like you have these big tight ends, you know, with Boyle, Mark, oh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, and uh, who's that other dude? Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but... I'm looking for those mismatches with the safeties and running like fades in the slot. The freaking um You know what I mean? Like that that's just my mentality Jesus going in for Christ, sure. The Pro Bowl today? Yeah. What was the score? Sixty-four to fifty-nine. Yeah. But they playing flag football? Yeah. What in the world? Well, this year, you know, my my do I would I like to see guys hold on, hold on. Would I like to see guys put on the uh, pads and crack? Sure, but a lot of those guys when they went out there, they were smiling and having all types of fun with like all the games. Like no NFL players were really complaining about, oh, the Pro Bowl's bad this year or anything like that. Like all the games, they were having fun. They looked like they were just having fun. Wow. So um, they did have some. I think they still had the dodgeball. I do like the dodgeball. Yeah, the dodgeball. That one was getting the QB challenge. Uh, my thing is, they need to bring tug of war. I'm trying to see some tug of war. <laughs> Somebody tears an ACL. Pull, 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 pull. Get in there. Um, another. Uh, so, but yeah, that's kind of just my feeling on it. Um, we'll go ahead and get into Super Bowl, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, we we know, we we know, we know you're going for the Chiefs. I don't even really got a dog in this fight anymore. <laughs> you better not root for the 49ers, dog. My parlay is looking a little bit suspicious right oh. now. I've been scheming. Oh yeah, is that so? Scheming. <laughs> Even. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. But uh, I haven't put a parlay together. If I do, probably going to look for any time touchdown with Christian McCaffrey, probably any time with Samuel. Um, I think Brock Purdy is going to be over 150. I would say Kittle is going to be over 80, 60 or 85. You better hope. We don't clamp his ass up. And then Patrick Mahomes is going to be over 200 yards throwing. I give him two Mahomes touchdown passes. today, bro. Mahomes is gonna have a legendary game on Monday. We're, we're gonna see some shit from the Chiefs, man. So much offense, shit gonna be crazy. <laughs> like coming in like you, the Air Force just. Yeah. Oh, dude. So, oh, I gotta talk about some. Uh, since we're talking about our teams, 
The Packers have made some great offseason moves. Thank God. Oh my goodness! What the, uh, they fired Joe Barry? Yeah, we got rid of Joe Barry. We got, got rid of our strength. You got? Did you guys get Fangio? No, we got rid of our strength and conditioning coach with all these soft tissue problems. But we did pick up the guy from Boston College that's the head coach, and I believe he's gonna be our defensive coordinator. Okay. And he he got some intensity. Really? I was like, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. So, yeah, yeah, I got the. I think I got it. So let's see. So, number one, we're keeping our Packers quarterback coach. Tom Clements is returning for the 2024 season. And we're also with former quarterback Sean Mannion being his assistant. Um, let's see what else. I know we have one more thing. Brandon Staley. Oh, come on. Where's this guy at? Brandon Staley got no, five, no. my boy. He can go back to being a defensive coordinator somewhere. So, we brought in. Right. Uh, but we So, so this is kind of how it looked. So, in the same day, we fired their defensive coordinator, fired our conditioning coach, and we bought in a kicker for competition. Then a couple days later, we bought in those guys for um, the the quarterback coach position and everything like that. The only thing that I'm trying to remember is I can't remember who we brought in as our uh, defensive coordinator. There's a guy. I may have saved it under the wrong freaking thing. But, yeah, so we brought in a guy like that. Um, I believe from Boston College, so we're definitely making moves in the right uh, direction. I just hope we actually, um, I just hope we actually do something with what we're bringing in, because I don't want to, what's it called? I don't want us to miss out on everything. But there's also been some other things around the league that developed too. Um, oh, but first and foremost, we are so sorry to those Detroit Lions fans that they had to see what they had to see. Oh, the 24 point choke. Oh man, I don't know if we covered that. I, we didn't. I don't think we did. We yeah, didn't talk so, about last podcast, I don't think. Well, yeah, I think it happened last podcast. I think but all yeah. we did was talk about just they. Yeah, we are so sorry that happened to you guys. Hold on, I'm going to turn on some light for us to see us. Go ahead and cover the Detroit. So if you guys didn't know the Lions, they played, what, last week? Yeah. And uh, they choked. They were up like 24 or something, 24-3 or something like that. It was horrendous. The outcome of the game was horrendous. They ended up losing by what? I think they lost by... Uh, I think they lost by three, maybe one possession. Yep, it was three points. And uh, Dan Quinn, or not Dan Quinn, Dan Campbell. What? Campbell yeah, Dan Campbell, man, he was over there gambling on fourth down. Like, you, you... <sighs> it's it's bad. It's bad when you lose a game by three points and you've got on multiple fourth downs where you were on the other side of the fifty and you you just decided to be a hard headed idiot against one of the league's best defenses. That's where that's what should be pissing me off. Yeah, I mean you're not lying. That's that's a good point. Um, it it was just hard to really believe that they lost the way they did. Right. Like I was genuinely perplexed, cause because it's like, how do we lose the game like that? How do we lose a game where it's because we don't put out the right? Um, you you just gamble too much. Like the first one, I could understand it if you're trying to look to make a statement. But those next ones after that, it's like, what are we doing? All right. Let's go ahead and just play it safe so we can go ahead and get ourselves in a good position so we can actually maybe win this game. Because it was very winnable. So Very winnable game, dude. Like, no team was better than the other. Actually, I think one coach was better than the other. And I'm not even huge on Kyle Shanahan. Right. But he, you know, he stuck to what he knew. He stuck to his guts and exactly, football 101. Exactly. He was willing to take the small victory, so got to give it to him. 
You know, he was the better coach, especially during that game. Yeah. So, that, you know. Got to give it to Kyle Sanders. <laughs> yeah, so. And that's um, the thing that pisses me off about Dan Campbell is that motherfucker's hard. Yeah, what you call it? He's hard-headed like a fucking mule, bro. And that's the thing. I don't want that to be the reason he never gets another coaching job or never wins anything big is because I got to be this type of guy. Like, bro, no, just... It's who's willing to who's willing to adapt is going to win the game. Yeah, bro. That doesn't mean you lose your identity of who your your sense of self. But it's like you got it's like what the what the Baltimore Ravens did. It's like you you're five yards out from the end zone, first and five or first and ten. You should be taking a rip to run the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing in a heavy set. I, read my jumbo set. Feed it, Buster. Mm-hmm. And if, guess what? Second and five. I'm be hurry up, hurry up. Running again, running yeah, again. Yeah, basically. <laughs> We will run all three downs like that because if you can't stop it, you know what I mean? Like, How you toss the ball? How you hold the ball like that? Like, yeah, you remember when uh, Matt Stafford dove over that fake? Oh, yeah. Yeah! yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. But, uh, yeah, so for what the Packers, quarterback, it was huh? Jeff Halfley. He was the head coach, um, um, head coach uh, at Boston College to become the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. That's who it was. So he seems kind of intense. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'd have to watch some film on Jeff Halfley to see what's going on. Jeff Halfley, huh? But, uh, yeah, hopefully he can wholly give it pause. Because um, we need we need a spur of defense in our most vulnerable moments. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's kind of just what went on. But uh, Tom Brady was going to be hired on Fox News, I guess, now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's heading to the booth next season. Next oh, year, I'm going to be calling the Super Bowl for Fox, Fox which is going to be incredible. Tom Brady and what? Tony Romo and Jim Nance oh, or some shit? Oh, that's going to be crazy. I know. Imagine yeah. Tom Brady taking all the digs at, at Tony Romo in the Super Bowl. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and then uh, what's it called? They said Greg Olson says he still wants to call top NFL games despite Tom Brady taking over his broadcasting spot on Forks. What? Dude, make room in the booth. Yeah, put bro. four of them. You got to put Greg Olson. You got to keep Greggy Fresh up in there. What's your name? What you do? How you do it? True. <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm act it up. So you yeah, need to be banned. So I, I don't know if there's any other NFL news we kind of want to cover. We'll probably get into parlays next week as the game gets closer. But um, you, did you have any um other NFL things before we maybe transition to basketball? No, sorry, I did not. Okay, perfect. Uh, so we we'll, we're gonna start moving towards more on the podcast NBA because NBA <laughs> season's starting to roll out, and it's about to be All Star break. And after that, we got to pay attention. Cause, to playoffs. Because that'll make or break the men from the boys. Playoffs. So, right, man. Um, f- so we'll start first. So apparently Joel Embiid only has five more games of PTO to remain el- eligible for MVP. Or the, uh, the 76ers said you got to start coming to work, man. Yeah. And which is ridiculous that you have to do this. Like, what? what is it? Is it just injuries at this point or something like that? Mm-hmm. It is. I think he's actually injured today. Yep, yep. Joel Embiid injury. Mm, not surprised. Displaced, displaced, flapping meniscus, mowing surgery. Jesus, Damn. has lateral meniscus, lateral movement, <laughs> lateral. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking, uh, what you call it? Now, now, what you call it? Tyrese Maxey about to really be showing his potential. He has no he's choice. He's about to just be out there. Oh, oh. <sighs> yeah, so Tyrese Max about to be Tyrese, yeah. we feel bad for you, bro. 
especially because like fucking James Harden quit on you. Yeah. And you and you saw right through the bullshit. He saw right through it, bro. Did he say something about it? Yeah, too? bro. He not, he didn't really fuck with James Harden when he was on the seventy six. You could tell like yeah. he just wasn't as committed and invested. Yeah. Joe Mead had missed the two previous games on the road trip with what the club called left knee swelling. Has been listed as questionable with swelling in the knee at times since mid December. Nurse said the club was unaware of any problems with the meniscus until Tuesday night's injury. Uh, while Embiid's out, Philadelphia will have to find a way to fill his 35.3 points per game and 11.3 rebounds. Um, so, yeah, Tyrese Maxey is likely to become the center of Philadelphia's offensive attack until Embiid returns. So, honestly, at this point, dude, I, I, my problem is it's like, look, I I think this is just what happens to bigs. Yeah. All these, but it's like knee swelling, but then meniscus tears. Remember, he had that had to get he tore like tendons in his hands a couple of playoff series ago, and he still had to fix it. It's like, dude, this guy might not even like walk. <laughs> it seems like after he's done with playing basketball, like the only big that's healthy, and it, I know it pisses everybody off. It's like uh, Jokic. Jokic is the only one whose body yeah, seems, and he's to be not just even fully. The, the NBA is his side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's the thing, you know. Giannis and all of them are struggling. Yeah, dude. The oh, we'll go ahead and talk about that boy, Dark Rivers, is back. Yeah, dude. And he's upstream with some more bullshit. Bucks out here losing like a motherfucker. Yeah, go ahead and talk about the Bucks Deluxe. I think, uh, oh, they're playing the Jazz tonight. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably they'll probably win that one, maybe. But the Bucks have been, they, they, they've been going through it. Mm. They did get a win over the Mavericks. That ain't jack shit, though. It's fucking Mavericks, dog. Yeah. Uh, they lost to the Trailblazers by three. Then they then they lost to the Nuggets. But they were, I remember, and I was talking to one of my friends who's a Bucks fan. Right. And he was just talking about, like, they would be giving up 100-plus points, winning games, and shootouts damn near. Like, it was just bad and unacceptable. But yeah. now he's even more concerned with Doc Rivers because he doesn't have the best track record of really winning. Sh- yeah, of showing that he's capable of closing and finishing. That's what I'm saying, and that's what... See, and here, I get it. I get it. If you play for Doc Rivers and, you know, he helped you feed your family, you're going to feel some type of way that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But news news for you, buddy. That sliced bread is molded and needs to get tossed ASAP. Because I'm telling you, you look at the film, Doc Rivers looks lost trying to make adjustments in the fourth quarter. Yeah, bro. And I'm like, I get it if you're delegating, you have an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, but there has to be a point to where it's like you take over as the captain of the ship and be like, look, we got to figure this out. Right. Because look at the Clippers. Like, I remember one guy was like, oh, I don't like that. They talk about Doc Rivers. But then you had like, for every one of those guys, you had like two or three guys that played for Doc and were like, he can't make adjustments. Yeah. He just runs the same thing. And that's how it felt uh, for those days during Lob City days. It's like, Especially they were bringing what, what in was it that oh year that God. year James Harden brought him to Game Seven and closed out on him like that. Yeah, yeah that game should have never went to Game Seven. The year before, I think they went deep, and it's just like they kept bringing people in, like acting like there wasn't enough star power, right? Yeah. So you got Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Jamal Crawford, Chris Paul. Then you bring in Chauncey Billups, um, and then who's that guy with the pointy ears? What's his name? Um, for who? The Clippers? Yeah, when they had the Clippers. Matt Barnes? No, no, no. They brought him Matt Barnes, too. But there was another guy. ears? DeAndre Jordan, big ass, like a double ears? No, no, no. The guy had, like, he was bald, had uh, pointier ears. Steve Blake? No, no, that ain't uh, Steve. Steve Blake played. He was a point he guard. Was white. He was a backup yes. point guard. <laughs> he was no, white. Oh, my bad. 
The guy I'm talking about is black. <laughs> My bad. Um, let me... Team Mike was a backup point guard for the Lakers. No disrespect, dog. You be shooting. You can shoot the ball, no problem. Yeah, my bad, dog. Don't come in here and beat us up, please. <laughs> Did you ever see that footage? Did you see that? Did you see that footage? Of what? Um, of what, man? Uh, of him fighting in practice, they were really scrapping. A fight? They would be scrapping it out. Um, they would really be sc- scrapping it out in uh, practices <laughs> at like Oak Hill and just like they just did not care. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, remember they had uh, Glenn Davis at one point. Glenn Big Baby Davis, Chris Paul, JJ Redick. I forgot JJ Redick. Is that who you're talking about with no, the pointy no, ears? No, who was no. the dude with the pointy ears you talking about? He was black and uh, he had that grin oh, on his face. He looked oh, like that, he, yeah, that, that narrows it down. Over he looked 95% like the evil of the NBA is that, black and he's smiling. <laughs> he looked like the oh, they had Danny Granger at one yeah, point. Yeah, bro, too. they had Danny Granger. Nah, he he was the guy that looked like a evil Dave Chappelle. Um, God, evil Dave Chappelle. That's crazy. That's a, you're roasting the shit out this guy. Do you know what year he was on the scene? I'm trying to look. I'm going through all the rosters right now. Um, let's see, Matt Barnes, Chauncey Billups, Karan Butler. Karan. What did Karan Butler look like? <laughs> you want a picture? I don't think I remember Karan Butler. For some reason, David West is popping up in my head, but with a fucking <laughs> fit, with a fucking tattoo on his head. That's what I think of Karan Butler. Why the fuck is Karan? Wait, what <laughs> you're gonna he... be weak. What do you see? You ready for it? Is he like dark skinned dude? He's like medium skinned. Medium skin is great. Karan Butler, what did he look? Oh! Get out the mic, Dale, my ears. <laughs> that nigga look like Southside if Southside played basketball. Did I tell you he looked like Evil Dave? <laughs> if I show you the guy that looks like Evil Dave Chappelle, the guy that I, the actor, <laughs> he gonna look like him just a lighter skin. Nigga look like light skinned Tracy Morgan, bro. <laughs> Oh um, but yeah, no. So that whole squad, it was like, how do you not win? 2012 to like 2014. How do you not win? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's insane, man. Yeah, you ready for it? This is the evil Dave Chappelle, though. That's crazy. You remember this guy? What was that? What movie, uh, what movie was he from? What, uh, I seen it. What movie was he from? This man. There's been a couple that I was like, yeah, like Dave? he played evil Dave Chappelle. Dude, what do I? I've seen him in a movie. Was Isn't it like a Mike black movie? Milligan? Mike Milligan. Oh, <laughs> he also sounds. He like always what? be playing like an evil villain. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I was like evil Dave Chappelle. <laughs> but uh, we'll get off his head. But yeah, back on the Doc Rivers. That was for what the Bucks needed in terms of closing in fourth quarters. That would not have been my first pick. Yeah, I like, wouldn't go. I wouldn't hire Doc Rivers. Fuck that. I would have tried to get somebody else, like anybody else but that. I would have hired Bill Belichick, nigga. Yeah, for real. I mean, <laughs> just learn. Bill, it's five on five, Bill. Come on, dog. Yeah, bro. It's, it's half. It's half. It's half of what you're used to. Yeah, exactly. Shorter courts, faster periods. Come on, Bill. But uh, yeah, no, that was probably the worst hire they could have actually tried to hire. Because when you're when you're going in those four-minute situations and you got a healthy Damian Lillard, Giannis, and uh, what's his name? Chris Middleton. What are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing. And you got Brooke Lope. You got, see. Nigga be calling Chris Middleton ugly as fuck. So I, I just can't, I just can't, you know, understand how that was a viable option. And it feels like they're really going to just waste Dame's last few years in Mo. I'm not going to surprise if they don't win a championship. 
you know, because it, it, it's just not what it seems. Yeah. You're already getting blown out your first game back. It's like, dude, just <laughs> run the just run the ball and just tell them to run pi- uh, picks and pivots Do to get mismatches. Because I'm telling you, when you're not, when you fail to be able to just go to the one-two action of Giannis and Damian late in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. I know it's over for you, buddy. Or you should have been fired a long time ago. So that's just that's just our opinion on the matter. You know, maybe you guys think something different, but it don't look good. <laughs> it, it don't look good. It's not looking good, Milwaukee. Oh, man. it ain't. Um, it's looking slocky in Milwaukee. No yeah, walkie slush. The walkie slush ain't got it all together. Yeah. So that's just been our opinions about it. Um, did you have any other basketball takes you wanted to talk about? Um, I think I got the, the Clippers are now turning it around, and people have to eat their dirt. Where they're finally falling off? No, the Clippers. Uh, when they first traded for Harden. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. They that. were on a bad losing streak. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they turn it around. I think they got the best record in the West right now or something. Mm-hmm. So they're the, the, we, we owe them boys an apology. And as we speak, they're up against the Heat beating them. Yeah, Clips is 32-15. and 32-15, wow. What are they, third in the West right now? I'm about to see right now. I'm about to. I'm about to. Oh, they are third in there. To, yeah, they're third in the Western Conference. Lakers, man. Where the fuck is the fucking Lakers at? 26-25. They they closed the out the Warriors. Yes, the fall off twenty one and twenty five. Fuck you niggas. Fuck you <laughs> niggas. Fuck all you Warriors fans. You pussy ass niggas. You chuckers. Chuckers gonna chuck. And guess what? The Warriors now suck. That's all there I can go. tell you, buddy. Twenty one right. and twenty five. Is that how you envisioned falling off? Mm. It's a hard slow fall off. I know you guys lost to the Hawks. They're literally talking and about trade. Even... The, the, the Hawks are talking about trading their freaking backcourt. Their best player in their backcourt, which <laughs> like, is crazy. What are we doing here? Right. You boys is bums. I ain't never, man. And let me tell you something else, Warriors fans. Go ahead. Go ahead. sit there and talk shit about LeBron James saying Curry was better than him. And LeBron James got a better, he got a better resume long term. Look at what he's doing at his age compared to Steph Curry. See, when LeBron was carrying niggas to the finals against Curry, y'all didn't say that was shit. But now Steph Curry having to carry niggas, and now y'all want to see it. Oh, didn't say nothing we, else. We got to get help. First time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, like, literally, you guys thought having Draymond Green was a good idea. Okay, he looked, he helped them get a couple wins, but my thing is, like, I can't believe they're going to keep him after all that. Yeah, after that shit with Jordan Poole, please. Yeah, Jordan Poole and then all his chokeouts this season. Yeah, unacceptable. Like, I don't understand how the NBA commissioner says, you're not yet done yet, buddy, till I say you're done. It's like, dude, let him go. <laughs> let him go. Let and him then go, Draymond's bro. sitting there, yes, sir. And guess what? He back in that 23 jersey. Like, he retired or something. <laughs> it's like, bro, he was on a hiatus. Let it Go ahead and let him go. Yeah, Move bro. on. And that's the thing. I'm glad. You know what? I want the Kings to probably be second best in the West. Right. You know, if the Kings, perfect West Conference matchup, I'm, I like the Kings and the uh, the Kings and the Nuggets. They're still young. The Kings are getting ready to be a step into their prime. And the yeah. Nuggets got stuff. Now, I'd also like to see the Clippers because I'm just saying, why did it's crazy how nobody truly fears the Clippers, even though they got some what you want out of two two-way players. Yeah. You got a great, you got a great front court. You know, you got, you got a decent front court. Nobody's scared of the Clippers just because of the, I think the injury aspect. Exactly, exactly, and that that would piss me off as a coach. It's like, dude, you sitting here on your podcast and tweeting, they go, <laughs> bro, that would 
I bet you want it that bad. You better learn how to go from nothing to something to everything. You gotta stop that settling so nonsense. You want it that bad. You want it that bad. It's like, okay, we'll give it you that bad. And it's just like, I just can't stand these injuries. Like, what is happening with all these injuries? Right. And it's just irritating because it's like, we should all be fearing the Clippers. When they had all those they people. They literally have a stacked roster of superstars. Exactly. When they had, before they even had James Harden, when they had Pat Beverly, and then who was their sixth man? Uh, he was like Darren Clawson. No, 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 no. It was Bobby Montrez Schmert, Harold. Bobby Schmurter's twin. No, nah, Montrez Harold. Yeah, and him. And, like, that team was Reggie more stacked. Jackson. Reggie Jackson and Montrez Harold and Lou Will. Doug, I'm crying because yeah. I got to. And they I didn't do see, nothing. And I got to see both sides of that. That five versus the five coming off the bench. And I got to see that all game. And they didn't do nothing with that. That should be 48 minutes of purgatory for any team. Nothing with it, man. Nothing. And I'm just like, I'd be like, look, just get in shape and run. Because, look, we know what we're going to do in the fourth quarter. We're going to run five out with Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Will, and we're going to put one rebounder in there. And guess guess what's going to happen? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when four minutes come down and you got to put all your guards in that ain't the same size as Paul George or Kawhi Leonard and they get beat up because Kawhi Leonard dropping 10 on them in the post? Or you got to go cover Lou Will who's sneaking off the screens like he's uh, Reggie Miller. Mm -hmm. You want to deal with that all game? Not unless they're hurt, bro. And then Montrez Harrell start bullying people and get hot. Guess what? What is Montrez Harrell even doing now, bro? Nah, I don't think he's ever gotten a job after that. Yeah. Was that was that his peak moment? Which was ridiculous considering he's on the like, 76ers. Is he? Okay, good. Okay, all right. 12 points per game, five. Right? He's still doing his he's thing. He's not bad. Yeah, he he's was, still doing his thing. He was never thing. a bad Like, to get a six-man with that team is mighty impressive. Yeah. I just don't understand those front off. Like, That's not a bad pickup. I'm proud of that. I'm just saying, this isn't a controversial take, but this is just my opinion. I think GMs are the reason why NBA and NFL is so lackluster some days. They really don't know how to balance... Um, obsession of the sport or learn how to prioritize obsession of the sport to make more money. The GMs don't know shit, dude. They don't. Indeed. They think if I make more money, then that's fine. But it's like you got to prioritize the obsession of the sport to make like, more money. Like, look at that dude at the net. How do you? How have you ah. fallen off that bad after after trying to flip those pieces? Terrible. Like, that's, Jesus. That's just Or shit. the Angels GM. God, you see? That's going to make me rage out of here. Jerry Jones. We're missing somebody. <laughs> God. Oh, who else? See, what else is a terrible team? What else is? What else is a terrible organization? Chicago Bears. Bears for sure, bro. Trash. The fact that the Lions turned it around before they did. Raiders about Raiders are getting there too. Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, how is it that college boosters seem to be better GMs than freaking NFL <laughs> like NFL GMs, dog? Who We're knows? cooking some points I here, think but it, I'm just saying. I think because of the booster, you got more people working together, like a more collective whole. Sure, but different the, different ideas where they're gonna have to come and and plan together. Sure, but if you have the GM, around. you got guys that do scout, talent management, like every future, like run scenario. You have a like you are basically the president, and you have these guys that run different scenarios for you, so you can make the best decision possible. And I get it, you got to put asses in seats, but if you don't win, it's simple. You win games, you put asses in seats, and you make money. Yeah. But if you're not dominating, like your problem as a GM should be the fact that 
you should run into what Nick Saban in Alabama ran into. We win so many games. We don't know what to do. We we have to give away tickets or whatever because yeah. we're so dominant. But you don't see that here because it's ridiculous. Number one, a GM, one of these GMs needs to grow some balls and be like, look, we're not going to pay some guy coming out of college or whatever 50 gajillion dollars even though he hasn't played a down of basketball. Right. It's like, look how... Look how many injuries LaMelo Ball had already and look how much they paid him. It's like, dude, you're trying to play on somebody's durability and it hasn't even got past his second season. Some of these guys haven't even got through the sophomore slumps and they're acting like they know everything already in terms of what to pay these guys. And it's like, no, don't do that. You know? A lot of these... I don't even know what the NBA and NFL is truly going to look like when GMs have to battle the fact that some of these guys are already coming in off of NIL money. Yeah, like, why why, why are they going to sit there and play hard... Oh, and uh, Deion Sanders was saying this because they're sitting there saying he was entertained being a professional head coach. He was like, why would I want to sit here and coach these guys who are making millions of dollars and don't want to give it their all? I would have a problem with that. He's like, me, I've won Super Bowls. I did the championships. I've done all that. So a part of me, I've already achieved that greatness and I still hunger for it. And I expect that same expectation out of people. That's basically what he was saying. Yeah. And he's like, you, you're getting paid supreme handsomely and you don't want to go out and compete? That that's that's crazy. It seems so backwards because if you're me, like I got everything taken care of, I can put my mom in a house, everything. Bro, I'm, a, I'm and all I got to do is just show up to practice and play ball. Right. The big, you remember everybody was like the biggest fear is what if you tear your ACL and your stock value goes down? I still got five ten million dollars just chilling on the sideline. Exactly. Or man. if you're making five hundred thousand dollars, you gonna be set to like do whatever you want after your recovery and go get a job. Mm-hmm. Or guess what? You just go play overseas, and you're still gonna be making money. So my thing is, it's like the, some of these guys gotta realize that if I'm a booster, if I'm paying you to play ball, that is your job, and you're an employee now of the university of whatever, right. Alabama State University, whatever university, <laughs> Alabama State. Like you are now an employee. Yeah, and it means you gotta do employee things. Now I think if they want to mitigate the fact that this is what I do as a coach too. Number one, you need to force these kids to invest in 401ks out the jump. Set them up with dig, uh, dental vision, health care. Make them actually put in an HSA account. So just in case they do get injured, they can cover some of it with their insurance. Yep. Besides the university money. Um, number two, um, I think they should start trying to force these guys to take finan- more financial classes. Like, I'm sorry, throw away the whole college curriculum and just make these guys take stuff. and tor- Like, all these people on every one of these rosters. Is like mm-hmm. you're getting paid. The worst thing that they ever did to college and college sports is create the idea of a uh, college or what is it? Uh, uh, a school athlete. It's like you're an employee now if you're getting paid this money. And let's be honest, do you really want kids on scholarship that aren't really interested in there to be there in the first place? Yeah, dude. When you got other people sweating their ass off to get a scholarship, it's like you just opened up more scholarship money. More portals to be able to actually move more money to do that. Meanwhile, in the NFL, we can just sag off and not give yeah, a fuck. Yeah, whatever. And I'm just like, dude, some I, I got to see one of these NFL contracts with the guaranteed money because there's some part of me where it's like, dude. Especially first-rounders. You're, you're an employee, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, and I get it. There's some big investments, but maybe you're investing too much to where, like, when you're yielding and we're looking at the profit ratios um, in, in your per- portfolio performance as an organization where you're bar- barely yielding anything, right. barely – you're barely not even making 3% um, uh, returns. It's like, what are we doing? Right. We are not making any money here. And you got to think about it. It's like, 
there has to be something that changes. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them were trying to invest into the social media. And don't get me wrong, that's great. But nobody was like, we need more social media. We need you to win games. Right. You, I need a reason to put on this jersey every morning I wake up. Don Julio that I work with is shitting on me at work because his team is on a winning streak. Give me a reason to talk something back. This little would you rather question pop-ups. Win games. Win me some games. Give me a reason to bring that pride back. Yeah. And that's the same thing that's going to happen with this. It's like people are going to sandbag so bad, but it's like you got to treat some of these guys like employees. Yeah, sure, you give them some a little bit more guaranteed money because they are athletes. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, you got to clock in and clock out like everybody else. I think the ultimate finesse of getting the bag this year was uh, Von Miller. Von Miller? Yeah, because he had zero sacks when Buffalo signed him. <laughs> yeah. And then, and I think they oh, paid him over like one. $80 million. Oh, he did get physical with one person. His, his girl, baby his mama. baby mama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. Yeah, like, that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Yeah, the chicken farm came out. He went after the hens. He was like, yeah. <laughs> dude, that's fucking crazy. I was mad when I seen that. I was like, bro, you always seem like a cool guy. Finesse of the century, bro. But, nah, it's just, it's just going to... I think sport... I, I hope there's guys that still decide to stick it out. But I think the next move that may actually happen... Is one college school is going to treat this like money ball and actually end up winning it because they actually have the money to sign, like, minimums right? and get everybody on a roster to actually win games and watch them win, like, by a field goal or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to watch a video when I get home. It's talking about recruits versus transfer portals to see which one's actually winning or something like that. So, but... Shit. Yeah. Probably a fucking transfer portal. Yeah, well... I, I mean, think it's undefeated, bro. I think, too, with the transfer portal, you don't have to have such a high amount of money. Nope. To actually get somebody off the you block. You don't know how much somebody worth based yeah. on their performance. Exactly. You... Like, you have a better idea, too. I would go to the transfer portal before I honestly go grab Why would I recruits? pay some freaking 17-year-old kid out of high school a couple hundred thousand? Well, I can pay some seasoned dude, probably third-year senior or whatever. Look, I'm not judging him. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get more output out of him. It's, it's so hard to judge talent versus productivity, especially when productivity is heavily in your favor because you have film. Especially, like, against especially, somebody's potential. Yeah, too. Yes. Because if I got a guy that's, if I'm a Pac-10 team, or if I was a Pac-10 team. Back in the day. Back yeah, the day, back in the day. Back in the day. Like, and I see that there's a Big 12 quarterback that's, like, played a whole season. I'm probably grabbing him before I grab, like, the next big dual-threat quarterback out of high school. Yep. I'll pay a little bit of premium, but I, at least I know he got that dog in him. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Maybe this will do good because these guys will get paid what they're looking for. And then move on. But I, I just don't know if the competitive spirit's still going to be there. Right. Because it's like, oh, if I'm getting paid, what's the reason for me to really go out there? And it's like, I think you see that every day in life. Once people start getting paid, they don't go as hard no more. Yep. Like, the only person that went hard after getting paid and after winning was Michael Jordan. And you you remember all the mind games? He was t saying he had to play to actually get himself to go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. Some of those boxers that get dominant, and it's like, how do you keep going out here to actually win? Having to make shit up. Yeah, having to make stuff up. Read something fake so you can keep going out there to win. So Ridiculous, man. That's absurd. Bullshit. Yeah. That's fucking absurd. Yeah, yeah. Did today, you today was a great day with Rants. Other than that, we don't really have any main topics. These were the ones we had to get off our chest. Dude. Yeah, oh, for sure. For, for, for sure. You know, these are just things that have been plaguing us. Well, not plaguing us. I'm like, <laughs> plaguing us. Tormented. But we definitely, going forward, that was just something we wanted to talk about because we thought those were important important things. And, you know, we got to start doing a better job making some transitions. We're going to start trying to meet up, make more shorts and cuts for you guys so you guys can get better 
um, better, more quality stuff out. So we'll start doing more 10-minute videos, five-minute clips, one-minute clips. So we'll be able to dedicate more time to that to actually get more shorts out for you guys. So we'll just start booming content for you guys. Um, so I think with that being said, I don't think you, I have anything else unless you have anything else. No, man, that was pretty much it. I think we, yeah, we, we discussed everything. Yep. So, um, this just sucks. I freaking thing died the freaking first time. I mean, the, uh, the space ran out. Yeah. I mean, it came back though. There's no biggie. But, um, once again, thank you guys for tuning in with the headless horseman podcast. Where we get a little headless, a little reckless, but here we are bringing it in at the end of the day. Thank you for joining us in the stables. I'm one of your co-hosts, Optimus Coctimus, joined today with... I'm your dad. <laughs> I'm your dad. <laughs> hey, give him the ear. You know, it's your boy, Seymour Butts. And, Seeing uh, all that ass. <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. Like I said, if you guys like what you hear, um, like what you see, make sure you like, share, subscribe on YouTube. And it's uh, people like you that can definitely spread the word of how good our podcast is. And we can get like-minded individuals on here. Um, also, thank you guys for all the love and support helping us reach our goals. Let's get ourselves to uh, 115 by the end of March. Let's get ourselves to 10 Spotify followers. And let's definitely beat that goal of hitting uh, 15 subscribers on YouTube. But with that being said, Headless Horseman, let's ride. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Ow!